four score and 17 seconds left on the clock. He turns around. He jumps his jumper. He scores. Oh, the world championship. Of Wait, what sport are we playing? I don't even know. I don't even think they made that yet. Let me out. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Tad Too Far. This Tad, uh. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Yeah, right, I'll cut it out. Yeah, this far, this too far, and then this us. So Tad Too Far. We take a couple of ideas, throw them up against the wall, see what sticks, and take them down and eat them out for breakfast. My name is Dietrich. <laughs> I'm with my lovely co-host Taj. Hey, how's it going, folks? All right, and today we are talking about the topic. That has not been talked about yet. Why? Because we're making it up. That's why. <laughs> Deal with that. So we're talking about things that have not happened yet that we wish would happen in the future. Um, talking about ideas of, of things that we want to see that actually happen or come into pass that nobody ever think that will actually come to pass. But it'll be a, a good thing if it actually did. And so that's what I think will be a, a great situation. So. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and start off with mine, and mine is gonna sound like it's really like off and weird, but in actuality, it's probably gonna be a great thing if it happened. Okay. So, I want to put restraints on credit. On credit. I want the actual credit market to crash, and I want everybody to start over with brand new credit. So everybody has 800 credit line. So you you want the end of Fight Club to happen? Yes, I want there to be a fire sale. I want, I want there to 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 basically take out all lines of algorithms when it comes to credit. Come with one stationary line of algorithm, and everybody has to abide by that algorithm when it comes to applying for credit and things of that nature. Um, the reason I came up with that was because one, my credit was sucky. Um, I've actually got it back pretty good now, but you know, like I know when it comes to credit, any little thing can, can throw it off and drop you like 50 points and you don't even see it coming or know it's out of anywhere. And it's like the littlest things, it's just different algorithms, different situations. You have a different algorithm for getting a car. You have a different algorithm for getting a house. You have a different algorithm for, uh, applying for this, um, you know, $2,000 credit limit to be at your very sex store. Like you, you, you got different algorithm for everything. Right. So, right. Um, I wish that we would like mandate the algorithms to be like one or two lines for everything. And then that would balance out a lot of what people actually qualify for. And that would actually make a, a fairer judgment when it comes to credit. And I was thinking about that because I had a buddy that is actually trying to buy a house. And not me. I, I got my own situation going on, but he's trying to buy a house. And, you know, he um, got a credit card, right? So he, they told him to get two credit cards. He got two credit cards. He kept his balance straight. Like, everything's cool. 
shot his credit score up like 200 points and he was like oh man good like i can go get this house or i can go get this car and then he paid one credit card off like completely zero and it totally like killed his credit for like 85 points out of nowhere i was like dude that's not fair you actually paid the balance back to zero like why is that hurting you well you're not supposed to pay back to zero you're supposed to pay back to a little limit so i was like if we got hackers all over the place and they can break into people's bank accounts they can steal your identity they can steal your social they can do all these things how come they have not broken in to the national credit bureau and broken that whole system well, they have broken. They have hacked into the one of the. They, they've hacked into one. They have not hacked into all. Of them. That's true. They yeah. need to hack into all three. They need to break them all three down at the same time. But I'm not promoting any kind of terroristic acts. Right. I'm not for for anybody that's out there that wants to report me to the credit police. Please know and understand that I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I don't want this to happen in and out that right. situation, especially when I'm going through my stuff, because I want to get approved for my stuff, so we're good. But I'm just right. talking about in a, in a fair world situation, what's the one thing that everybody can have that nobody really has control over, and that's credit. Right. And if we could all get straight, have a, like one big do-over, and figure out you know who can actually keep themselves together, knowing what we know now versus when we were coming up and didn't realize that that college loan that you had to get into school was actually going to come back and hurt you twenty years later on down the line. Like, what right. what what would happen if we actually did like take that off the table and then make everything like mandatory or reg- regularized? Um, let's see what would happen with that. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I like it. What, and it, it's kind of that, that like I said, it, it is that end of Fight Club where they blow up all the, the crap bureau buildings. And, and what always got me was like the concept of like, it, it's more it's more than just the debt being erased. Because right. the other part of that is, you know, you have your car, you know, and somebody says, you owe me money for the car. And you're like, prove it. Everything got erased. And, and it's like, how would society restart with, I have something you can't prove that I didn't finish paying for it. So it's mine now, you know, and, and the only thing that I'm not sure, because the, the other thing that I originally thought was like, that would also apply to house mortgages. Like, you know, if you're living in the house. Obviously, I'm the tenant. I'm living here. Prove that. I don't own this place. You know, right. it, it may be a little bit different with renters because there's probably deeds with the county and all that. But, you know, with an actual homeowner li- living in the house, it's like, you know, how many more payments do I actually owe you? Can you prove how much I owe you? You know, and, and where society would go with whether it would force you to display documents or whether they would just, you know, the the government would like, all right, we're going to start from square one. You know, sorry, everybody lost out. It's a wash. You know, somebody lost, somebody won, but it's a wash type of thing. Or would, or would they, you know, repo all that and be like, no, you gotta give it back to the bank. And you're like, why? That'd be that'd be the interesting thing to see how that would shake up. I would like to see how that shake up. I think um, you could keep some kind of like record of some sort, like a hard copy of somewhere. Um, somebody's database, some type of backup system. That's what that's what disaster recovery is all about, right? Being right. able to operate in case the main system comes down, you've got a secondary system in order to get things done. I think if 
you made it an easier transition to start people off at like an 800 score. And then if, if their human nature kicks back in and they screw up, like, okay, that's that sucks for them. Yeah, it is what it is. But if you actually were able to start over again, like I think about the folks who are like living check to check, the folks who don't necessarily have the money to to do certain things, like what would their lifestyle be like? Like I think about how, you know, the housing market has is, is gone up like crazy. Uh, to the point where homes are almost becoming unaffordable in certain places. Um, right. Like you can't go to California and expect to find a certain home in an area for like less than $800,000. But that same home could be down here in Texas for $300,000. But just like two years ago, that home would have been only worth like $230,000. So yeah. it's like there's always something that's going up. And inflation, of course, plays a part in it. But I think a little bit of greed sets in with that as well. So if you were able to wipe the slate clean, come back with all all 800s and everybody just go from there, like how would the world actually work? Some people, yes, they would go and grab a Maserati and screw themselves up and can't pay it three months later. Some people would actually be able to maintain that Maserati and, and actually able to to afford that payment and, and have come better off on their on their bills like we wouldn't have to raise um you know uh minimum wage we wouldn't have to to wait raise taxes we wouldn't have to do these certain things to make up with the market because the market would kind of balance itself out you, you know what something kind of popped in my head and that I, I was just wondering hey i mean people buy houses you know and you build the you know equity and then you switch and you buy a different house. How many people actually end up owning the house completely? Because what I'm thinking is it kind of feels like with the way the market is, is we're just, people are just basically leasing houses. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, yeah. it, I mean, you know, if you go back, you know, a hundred years ago, people bought a house that was their house. They didn't plan on moving. You know, they stayed there. They handed it to their kids. You know, nowadays, I mean, I, you know, it, it seems like you can count on your finger how many people you know that like, hey, my parents died. They left us the house versus, you know, I, I got to clear up. paid a 30 year fixed rate and paid my house. Route. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you know what I'm trying to say? And, yeah. and I think maybe that's that's kind of the weird thing. I think maybe things are changing where. Now banks are house leasers, and, and you're leasing the house, Thanks. which is which is kind of BS. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it is BS. It, it's 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 BS in the fact of you know you got some people that that don't realize exactly how how tilted the market is um, for those who have money or for those who have those assets versus those who don't. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand that if you switch to a 15 year mortgage rate and, 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 and stick to that, you'll pay your house off quicker. Yes. But you also, you know, have to deal with the property tax. You have to deal with everything else that comes along with that. Um, if you're financially stable to do so, that's going to work out better for you in the long run. But nobody is really sticking in their house. Like they made like a new phrase now and it's been out for a second, but it's like, this is my forever home. 
And it's like, really? Is that really your forever home? Because like you said, back in the day, that actually was their forever home. Like they died, they passed it to their kids, their kids had an asset and everything was good. As we saw time move on, kids are now selling the house that they once grew up in um, for a little, little next to nothing. And then coming back in that same home, like for example, um, my family, my grandmother died. Um, we owned five houses on a block that had 12 houses on it. Okay. So almost half of the homes were owned by my family in one way, shape, form or fashion. Um, by the time I turned 21, all but one of those homes were sold um, by different family members. Then when it came to my grandmother's house, um, they actually, my father and my aunt, um, they actually sold the house for $120,000, which they thought was a good fix because they split it in half and everything was cool. Come back now, my grandmother's house, I just looked it up. Um, that same house that they sold for $120,000 is now worth $525,000. Literally nothing has changed on the house. It still has the same pink bathroom. That was the main bathroom for everybody. It still has the same wood floors. It still has the same small kitchen. Um, the only thing they changed was there used to be a concrete step in the back. They made an actual wooden deck, which really doesn't go with the house. It still has the same aluminum siding. Really? <laughs> when, when's the last time you seen aluminum siding on a house? It still has the same aluminum siding that when my grandmother and grandfather put on the house when it was around that time, the aluminum siding was the best thing since sliced bread. And they're selling the house for $525,000 because of the location. And I just looked at that and I just I almost broke down crying because I, I remember growing up in that house and just thinking like, this is going to be in the family forever. And lo and behold, it got turned around and flipped and, and nobody really did anything with the money that they got from it. So, um, like nowadays, everything is is so quick and so so easy to be replaced, and there's not a whole lot of, of stability, um, and not only markets but just in in people in general. A lot of people don't do make moves to stick around. They make moves like everything is an asset and it can be sold off. Yeah, That's... I don't want to be like that. <laughs> right? I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it, I I will admit for like. For me, like, but I'm, I'm in, like, right now, like, I, I'm wanting to buy a house because, you know, I, I have a wife, kids, and, you know, we've decided that we want to live where we want to live. And, mm -hmm. but, you know, and yes, I did briefly buy a, a house, but, uh, or a townhome condo, but, you know, it, it's, it's gone hard to, to get back into buying a house. We're stuck renting and, and, but it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I guess, yeah, leasing a house doesn't make it where people can be more mobile. And, and I guess some families are like that and they like moving from town to town. But I don't know. It also kind of makes it harder to actually set down roots sometimes. So, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Literally. It's I don't I don't I've owned two homes in my life Um, that I was I was on the, the deep being a homeowner and um, both times were made easy situations. Um, one was buying from a friend um, who was getting uh, rid of assets and things of that nature, um, you know, to, to take care of his family's farm. And so we wound up 
you know, going into a deal and about the home. The other one was going through a first time home buyers program. And both of those were so much easier than what I'm going through now in building and, and buying process. And it's like, you would think with all these years of all these homes that have ever been built up over the decades, that it would be a piece of cake to buy a home right about now. Like it's a piece of cake to learn how to, to, to DIY and, and, and fix everything yourself. And all you got to do is look it up on YouTube. But like the whole process for a home itself is so hard to go through now. And it's so much easier for people to get out of homes now than it was before. And it's like, it's crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm sounding like an old buddy, duddy. <laughs> I like the days when you had solidified neighborhoods. You didn't have 15 different subdivisions popping up all over the place and nobody knows who their neighbors are. I, I like actually knowing who my neighbors are, knowing who's watching my back and I'm watching their kids and everything is cool. I hear that. I hear that. Okay. So mine's a, a little bit different. Well, it's kind of similar, but a little bit different. <laughs> Great minds think alike there, sir. Great minds think alike. Mine is uh, for the day when the FAA is abolished or, or dismantled. Because <laughs> here's the here's the deal. Um, right now, if you want to, you can build a rocket. You can you know you can build a spaceship. You can have it sit in your backyard. You just can't fly it. <laughs> I mean, nope. you, I mean, you, you can fly it, but. You have to get their clearance to use the airspace. Yep. And yes, I understand safety regulations. They don't want you running into a commercial jet, you know, but the thing is technology on all those devices are like, they have sensors. I mean, they have, I mean, they have collision sensors, but of yep. course every device, if you require that every device has a, a beacon on it and, you know, Every other device knows that there's a beacon on it and knows, hey, there's something out there. Let me steer away from it, you know, and it's user. I mean, right now, I mean, when they, you know, plane crashes, they always try and blame it on the pilot until they can find a problem with the with the technology. You know, they're always like user error. So but that's the thing. I mean, with space flight, you know. Yes, we got SpaceX, but it's a billionaire playing with a billionaire toy. Yes. I mean, really, space flight, space colonization's never going to take off until you have the country bumpkin that built a rocket and just wants to go up there <laughs> to see what they can do at their own risk. And, and, and really, that's what, just like it took pioneers, you know, just like get a, a wagon, a horse and go out west and there's nothing out there, you know, to, to pioneer it and explore it. I mean, we're not going to do anything space-wise until that happens because governments have, are too safe. You know, corporations will do it for greed, you know, but, you know, it, that's what we're stuck with. We're either stuck with people just wanting to do it for pioneering or corporations for greed. <laughs> right. You know, and, and unfortunately with that FAA, it's like if we can't allow people to fly, then it's never going to happen for people just wanting to do it on their own. So No, they they give up on the dream of actually putting something together because they, they'll they get pinpointed by FBI and everybody else and, and seen as, a, as, a, as a, a terror in this situation rather than somebody who's just being innovative. Like 
there's so many rules and regulations that have literally cut back on the human mindset and what our imagination can go to. And we limit everything to computers rather than, you know, just share out imagination. Right. Um, it, it took us, it took imagination to get us to the point where we're at now, where we can shoot drones up in the sky and record any and everything around the place. But there's only certain places you can fly drones. There's only certain places you can, you can build certain fuels and fossil fuels and things of that nature. There's only right. certain things that you can do when it comes to regulation of your car. Like they want to build a self-driving car, but they have so many restrictions on doing so that that's why they mostly don't work. So, yeah, I feel you, bro. Like, as soon as you said it, the first thing I thought about was Rocket Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Rocketeer. <laughs> yeah. It, when the, the, the one I was kind of thinking on was the astronaut, astronaut farmer, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's not based off of a, it's not a true story or anything, you know, but, but still that concept is like, hey, I got 20 acres of land. I ain't hurting anyone if I built this rocket, you know, and, you know. I mean, all the stuff that happens in there, you know, while not being true is true in a sense, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's where it's like, but that's what it's going to take. I mean, you know, I mean, the problem with NASA and, and, and I understand it, it's the, the fear of loss of life. But, you know, you know, with pioneers, you know, that moved out west, you know, you went out west, somebody got bit by a rattlesnake, they died, you know, that didn't prevent everyone from moving out west, you know. It, and unfortunately, that's one of those things with like space travel. I mean, I know space, I guess, is more unforgiving than a rattlesnake, but still, it's going to take, you know, I don't know. It, it's, we have to leave this planet at some point. Yeah. And colonize. And, yeah. and it's, and it's going to take people that are desperate enough to go out there and try different things to get to work. So. All of those different shows and movies and things like that. Um, you think of Star Trek, you think of Star Wars, you think of, um, you know, The Expanse. You think of all these all these different sci-fi shows that literally have people in space living lives and doing what they do and, and exploring. Like it was all about exploring when it came down to it. It wasn't gonna we're gonna be on a mission to, to run the run the space and, and we need a space force to put them together to make something happen. Like you, you just really wanted to expand beyond our universe and see what else is out there. Right. And it's that curiosity that's gonna, you know, propel the next person that's gonna come in line that's actually gonna shape something that's gonna allow us to do so. And and you know, we always talk about teleportation and time travel and things of that nature. But some of it really just comes down to human imagination and all it takes is somebody just sitting down with something for a quick second to figure out how it works. And if we limit that thought process, we're never going anywhere. Right. The closest we get is to hop on a millionaire's jet that can fly into the stratosphere and we think everything's cool. It's like, no, I'd rather rather see more come out of it than just that type of situation. I don't want to pay for, for a roller coaster ride. Let's, right. let's see what's actually out there. Yeah. Well, and, and not that I have anything wrong with SpaceX. I mean, if there was planes that could leave the, you know, that atmosphere, you know, that'd be fine because then you would have a lot more amateur license, you know, you know, people that already have their, you know, airplane license that can fly a plane that then can, you know, leave the earth. But it's a matter of 
having that type of technology where the plane can actually leave the, the atmosphere right. more readily available to you know people than the one percent than the one percent yes yeah um, like what here's a good question but it's kind of a stupid question but it's good at the same time uh-huh. if you were able to leave this solar system mm-hmm. where would you go Leave the solar system or leave like, Which direction would you go? Like, would you go past moon and head off that direction? Would you go out of rings of Saturn and, and shoot off in that direction? Like, we're always rotating, so I know it's always going to be something different in a place, but the planets are held in place by dark matter and gravitational pull and things of that nature. Like, yeah. what, what would you go in search of? That's the first question. Hmm. I don't know. I, it, my main thing is like, you know, they, they always talked about, like, you know, if they want volunteers to go colonize Mars, I would go colonize Mars. That'd be my main thing. S- setting up a second location for humanity to live on. So, yeah. W- would, so, I mean, if not Mars, I guess the, the next, uh, they said the next best place is, uh, was it Io? It's the one of the moons yep. of Jupiter. And, and that can be, it, it can be that concept of, Let's go to this place and then build up a camp and then try and slowly build more buildings there and, and you know, build build at least a structure for people to move into and then, you know, start the hydroponics and all that fun stuff, you know. Yeah. So I would actually want to. I don't know. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like I would be one to volunteer to go into stasis. And actually, like, travel on a ship that would, you know, go past or outside of our atmosphere, to go outside of our solar system, to go outside of our galaxy, our universe, to head into somewhere else. And with the thought process, knowing that easily the ship could crash, something could happen, things of that nature. But I'd be willing to try it. Because, like, you never know. Like, they could wake you up 80 years from now in stasis and... Hey, you're in a whole other galaxy, a whole other situation going on. Like you could come across literally a second Earth and go there and meet them and, and see what that civilization looks like and, and how they interact with each other. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It, if we had stasis capability, yeah, for sure. Uh, leaves the solar system. But yeah. yeah, I thought you meant with like current technology. Well, I mean, current technology, yeah. Well, current technology is what sucks. And that's why we want to kill FFA or FAA. So, right. um, you know, if we could actually develop like a power source that will propel us through space so it wouldn't take three years to get somewhere, like I right. think that would be a cool situation. So um, for all of you, you know, future you know, rocket farmers that are out here who are actually thinking about doing something like that, I say put forth the effort. Don't don't right. let them come through and crash on your party and but don't go around telling everybody you're doing it either. Just keep it to yourself. Put forth the effort and do the best that you can. And if you create actual fuel that can sustain the travel, get your money and let's get up there, man. Yeah. So remember it, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Oh yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. Everybody gets second chance. Always. <laughs> just just launch it, go into space, and then they'll come raid you, and you're like, I'm sorry. Like, oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. We're going to shoot you down. Uh, 
Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm coming back around. My bad. <laughs> you mind if I land first before you do something? Like, cool. Right. And then I'll turn around and get a job at NASA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so. crazy. But yeah. Oh, we got to love this world that we live in. That's for sure. So, uh, in the, uh, in the events that you, uh, think should happen in the future that haven't happened yet? Um, uh, besides the, the regular rigmarole, <laughs> like a woman president or ending racism or, um, legalizing marijuana. <laughs> well, that's, that's on the crisp. It's really not there yet, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not going to bother me one way or another. Was, you know, everybody else is. I know why they don't do, but but you know that's that's neither here nor there because you know Big Brother's watching. But right. um, <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is one thing that I thought that I wanted to see in the future um, is sustainable food source. Um, oh. we actually, come up with a a good like plant based sustainable food source that would have to do away with meat because it would have the same, if not higher protein. And we would not have to mass produce it in a chemical plant. Like we could actually grow it out somewhere and become a new thing and everybody would have food source. And so we don't have to worry about people going hungry. All right. That would be like the greatest thing ever. Yep. Supposedly crickets are that. Yeah. That's why I'm not eating them. I'm I'm good. (laughs) I'm just saying they're they're supposed to take up less room, have the same same or better protein than than cow burgers. Yeah. I'm still eating their stomach <laughs> and and the, whatever they were munching on beforehand, and and I still think about the mucus coming out of a cricket, and it's like no, I'm I'm cool, I'm good, I'm good. I I can I can pass on that. You, you can find actual plant. Yeah, we want to do something like, you know, 20 years ago, nobody knew about a kumquat <laughs> or a dragon fruit or, you know, you got 15 different types of apples that you generated out here. Like there's something that we could come up with that could actually be naturally based and work off of besides tofu. So uh, we'll figure out something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, when the, the other thing that would be helpful, and I, I'm waiting for kind of like a, a weird food revolution where, you know, right now you can buy McDonald's, <laughs> you know, a burger for like a dollar, right? But if you go out and try and buy something healthy, it's going to cost you like three or five dollars. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if there's regulations on food and if, you know, healthier food is better for you, why does it cost more? I mean, if everyone should, you know, if a banana is good and everyone should eat a banana every day, why does a banana cost more? Than- because <laughs> the fresh produce will always cost more than the mass manufactured item. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And that's why I say you have to be wary of what you put in your body because stuff that you can go get at McDonald's you could also find it in gum. You can find it in the bottom of your shoe. You can find it in your car. You can find it in, in lead. You can find it in, in um, products that you not even think about. They're making the food out of because we have a shortage on food. And so, like, that's, that's what's throwing me off out of the whole food situation. 
if we actually came with an edible source that was naturally made from the planet versus you generating something from a chemical plant that's using the same stuff that you find in rubber, we would actually come out better for it. Gotcha. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. So, all right. Anything else before I wrap it up? No, nah, I think we're good, man. We, we touched you. on some nice little, little topics. <laughs> right. For sure. All right. Well, this has been uh, Ted Too Far. You can find this on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And on our website, TadTooFar.com. That's T-A-D-T-O-F-A-R.com. Uh, we are part of the Sioux Empire Podcast Network. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. <laughs> Bye. Rocket Band. <laughs> <laughs>